I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. Morning, sis. Morning, morning, morning. Good to see you. Good to be seen. Fresh in uh, all your Emory gear. Do I look fresh? Okay. I I receive that. Yeah, I'm going to give you Um, that. Okay. You know, um, my red Emory vest. Mm-hmm. which I will have you know that when um, the residents ordered vests, they did not come in red. They came in <laughs> standard gray, standard blue, standard black. Mm-hmm. But my favorite color is red. Um, when I ordered my vest, I really did order gray and then it came in red. Oh, serendipitous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know uh, red is also my favorite color? No, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's yeah. A pow- it's a power color. It is. My uh, my childhood bedroom is painted in red. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have seen it, recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. I dug that red bedroom. <laughs> you got any recommendations for me or anything you learned? You know, I am still all things obsessed with this new telescope. One thing that I picked up on, I don't know if you remember this, uh, there's this documentary from Neil deGrasse Tyson called Cosmos, Space-Time Odyssey. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Great. Well, I didn't either, but, you know, with all the cool stuff coming out, I was really excited to maybe just, you know, learn a little bit more, but start from some of the basics. And this documentary was uh, exactly what I needed. Okay. I see you. I kind of want to buy a telescope, but- Uh. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Wait on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So I did have something I experienced this weekend. That was really cool. Okay. Um, So I went to our Delta Sigma Theta regional conference Mm -hmm. um, because sidebar historically black sororities and fraternities are a lifetime commitment to service. And while I was there, you know, mostly I enjoy the fellowship piece of it, but I'm, you know, standing after this luncheon and just kind of minding my business. And this woman walks up to me. I've never seen her. I don't know her. And in her hand, she has a card and it has my name on it. It says, you know, Soror Manning, which is what we refer to people as in our sorority. Mm-hmm. And she just hands me this card and she just says, hey, you know, um, I've been watching you and admiring you. And I just want to give you this note. Mm. Now, what she did not know is that my late sister, Deanna, was a firm believer in people getting handwritten notes and cards. Mm. Usually on things that kind of were surrounding our sorority, she would write me notes. She would write me notes on Founders Day and at homecoming, um, on on nice stationery and always make sure it was handwritten. Mm -hmm. And I I said, do you mind me opening this in front of you? And I Mm -hmm. opened it and it was very similar to something Deanna would have written me. It was very affirming, very sweet. And the best part about it is that she said in the note, she said some things about what I've done professionally, but she said, but most of all, you're kind. Wow. And I looked at her and I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm getting ready to start crying. Right. <laughs> she was like, no, I don't know that. I don't want you to cry. And 
But her words were kind and kindness is one of the first things to always make me cry, gave her a big hug. But then I just kept reflecting on the fact that this person would come and hand me this and do this kind thing. Mm. And, um, it, you know, that event was so bittersweet because every time I go to conventions and conferences, I miss my sister acutely, partly. And I feel a little tiny shred of regret because she always used to want me to come with her. And I'd be like, girl, I ain't going to that. Talk too much. <laughs> but now I always go because she mm. always loved going. So shout out to Brittany, that amazing woman who just listened to her spirit and did something that absolutely lifted me up. I'm, I was so grateful for that. Oh, I'm going to pay that forward. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Brittany. Yeah. yeah. Small acts of kindness. Yeah. And it was for nobody to see. It wasn't some declaration over social media. It was, it was so private mm-hmm. and, and she wasn't looking for anything in return. I just thought it was lovely. And I actually found her the next day and I gave her another big hug. She was just so awesome. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love that. That was, that was a feel good moment. Oh, man, you know, I, I ain't learned nothing, but I felt something. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of feel goods, I'm uh, excited for both myself and our listeners, because <laughs> this week will be a feel good week. <laughs> and I know this because you are the one telling the story and I get to sit back and just receive it. Ah, okay. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, what is the what? Um, okay. So originally the, what was going to be backstory because remember (laughs) I gave you a choice, a choose your own adventure. Yes. Yes. You did. But it's the same story I was going to tell, but I have a different what for it. Okay. And the, what is choices? Choices. Ooh, Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. So um, this is perfect because, you know, we're at the start of a new academic year and people are thinking about all things residency and all mm-hmm. up in that life. So I'm going to take you back um, to my senior year of residency. Mm. I was kind of at that point where you're in a groove where you know what to do. You're not really stressed out that much anymore about how to do things, even the hard things. I was taking call one night and I was um, taking what was known as our hardest call. The hardest call in internal medicine was something called um, the AMO. And the AMO was the admitting medical officer. Mm -hmm. You carried your own pager, you carried another code pager, and then you carried a pager that every single admission that was coming to internal medicine came through you. So they would call you and you would come down to the emergency department and you would quickly assess the patient. And then you would make a triage decision, whether the patient was appropriate for medicine, what floor, what bed, what team. um, And you kept track of all the admissions. Now, this is before duty hours reform um, and before they cared about how many admissions you saw and how many patients you could see in 24 hours. But as the um, AMO, you allocated patients to um, four floor teams, one ICU, and also a step down and telemetry unit. Mm -hmm. There were two senior residents that you would call for the floor teams. Each was covering two interns on those war teams. The way it worked back then is that you could get up to, as an intern, you could get five admissions as a team Mm -hmm. um, first. So once you got to five, you closed, your team was closed for admissions. But once everybody reached five, which happened often, Mm -hmm. you reopened again. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we called it closing and reopening. Oh, yeah. y'all just opening back up. I'm sorry, y'all back open. <laughs> you were the bearer of that bad news as the AMO. Now, I, I do want you to do the math. If each intern can get five patients and the ICU can get patients and the telly can get patients and you're the AMO, every single one of those patients, though, you have to go down there and see. And that also oh, includes, wow. yeah, you go see them. Mm-hmm. And that also includes the patients that are um, not appropriate for medicine that mm-hmm. you say, you know, this person needs to go to surgery or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, you know how all things are that are hard. Once you keep doing it, you just figure out a system and you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So this night was jumping. I'm one of those people that always draws action. You know, um, I no longer refer to that as a black cloud because um, mm-hmm. black is beautiful. Um, <laughs> but whatever you want to call being a person, all the action comes to, that was me. I mean, I was posted up in the emergency department. I was just running from room to room, to room, to room, to room. And it was tough. But finally it got to be like around about three 30 in the morning. And it was quiet. My pager had not gone off for like 20 minutes and Mm -hmm. a 20 minute lull means like, okay, maybe something's going on. So I get up and I go walk through the emergency department and I look around and the board is kind of quieting down. And I talked to my folks that are working the shift and they're like, yeah, we don't have anything for medicine right now. Mm. And so now it's rolling up on 4 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I think I might go to the call room and close Ooh. my eye and try to get me a wink, which was very unusual back in the day. But mm-hmm. hey, so I go to the call rooms and we had this little um, fleet of call rooms that um, one call room was the really good call room. It was big. It had a TV and a VCR in it. Of course, I didn't get that <laughs> a VCR. Wow. Yeah, child, a VCR. I don't know why, because you've never had time, but <laughs> I go um, into the crappiest call room because I'm the last person to get up there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just, I'm like, so glad that I'm about to get me some rest. I do the thing where you take all your pages off, sit them right next to your head on the pillow because yep. you know you gonna sleep through it if it's on anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like lay like I'm in a casket with my hands. <laughs> yeah. on my chest. I know that, that position. <laughs> you remember doing that? Okay. Yeah. So I was probably sleep for like I'm sure no more than 15 minutes, and one of the pages goes off, and the pager that goes off is not the AMO pager; it's my pager, mm. which I was delighted. I was like, thank you. Cause it ain't going to be another admission. So I look at it and it's, it's one of the floors and I'm like, okay, this is probably somebody who knows me, a nurse, something like that, asking me a quick question. That's cool. So I sit up and I call and the person who picks up the phone and I'm going to change everybody's name for anonymity. Elise is one of the interns and Elise okay. is like, Hey, Kimberly, um, I wanted to run something by you. You saw that patient who had the atrial fibrillation and she had a rash on her legs. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yes, sir. And she was like, I wanted to run my antibiotic choices by you. And I also wanted to show you this EKG because I know it's AFib, but there's something on this that's weird to me. And it's just not making sense. And I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to answer her questions, but it was now like 4.15 AM. I mm-hmm. was finally getting some sleep. I had seen, you know, over 30 patients at this point in a night. And I am like, this is an appropriate question for your senior resident <laughs> to be covering you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, so I'm, I'm happy to help you, but th- did you run this by Jack? Name changed for sure. She's like, you know what? I- I- I've talked to him, um, but I-, I actually haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking like, am I delirious? So I sit up on the bed. I said, hold up. What do you mean you haven't seen Jack? And she was like, I haven't, I haven't seen him. I said, how have you not seen him? Because 
the way that it worked was I went down, saw the patient, made the triage decision, called the senior resident. The senior resident was then to call the intern and together they were to go assess the patient. Now, it was like April. The interns were kind of far along. However, they were interns. They needed supervised instruction, right? Mm -hmm. And Elise was one of those interns that like, from the day she got there, you knew she was going to be a chief resident. She was just so good, but she was still an intern, you know? Yeah. And you could tell that she felt in over her head. It had been busy and the floors were full. And I was like, I'm so confused. I, I don't understand why you're saying you haven't talked to Jay. And she's like, no, no, I've talked to him. I just haven't seen him. I said, well, what happened when he came to assess the patient? What did he say about the rash? And she was like, no, no. I mean, he, he, he gave me the admission over the phone. All of my admissions, I got over the phone. I said, so all five of your admissions, he called you, but he didn't come and see you or go assess the patients with you. She was like, I don't want him to get anybody in trouble. He said, call him if I had any questions. So then I just sat there for a minute quiet. I was like, where are you? <laughs> She's like, uh, I'm on 9B. I was like, okay, give me like eight minutes. I'm gonna come up there, but I need to sort something out because remember I told you each senior covered two interns. Mm. So if Elise had not seen Jack, then I didn't know if the other intern had seen him either. Right. Mm. But I'm assuming maybe Elise is so strong. That's why, that's why yeah. he's doing this. Right. I just say, okay, I got to give this brother the benefit of the doubt. I call his pager and I hear the pager go off through the wall <laughs> in the dope room, in the suite. Mm-hmm. Y'all know the, 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 the really good room, the coveted room. And I wait a few seconds and then I hear my phone ring, pick up the phone. And I'm like, Hey, he goes, Hey, Jack, 9B, 9A senior, you rang me chipper as a mug. So I'm like, okay, what's up? This is Kimberly. Oh, Hey, oh my God. I thought everybody was closed. You're shitting me. Are we open again? No, we're not open. Where are you? And he was like, I'm in the car room. Everything. Okay. I was like, let me hit you right back. Hung up, got up, walked out of the room. Mm. I knocked on his door. Like he had a warrant. (laughs) (laughs) I was heated. That dude cracked that door open. It looked like he had not been anywhere all night. Wow. He had three blockbuster videos stacked <laughs> up on a table. I am, I am not making this up. I'm telling you, I can see it like it was yesterday. He had a half eaten stromboli sitting on a table. He had ordered food. He looked very well rested. He was chilling. Mm. So I did the thing, you know, where like you roll your neck and you put your hands on your hips and you just kind of <laughs> try to hold your head. breathe. <laughs> And I'm tapping one foot and I said, Jack, I just got off the phone with Elise and she was asking me to look at an EKG from this evening and to comment on antibiotic choice for a rash. And he goes, whoa, whoa, why didn't she call me? I said, well, interestingly, she said that you had not seen her. She had not seen you all night, you know, so I am assuming that this is a misunderstanding because why would she not have seen you all night? Mm. He says, oh, Elise is a beast. It's April. Furthermore, this rule about us coming behind the interns and writing like a second senior resident note, it doesn't make any sense because the only note that the attending can bill for is one. And so the intern note is sufficient. And I mean, it's not any different than when our attendings call it in and talk to us. I was like, mm, it is kind of different because see this time last year, Elise was in medical school. So yeah, what we do is we generally have the senior residents back them up. 
He was like, yeah, you know, but like I said, she's a rock star. She was fine. I was like, yeah, but you know that we don't have people covered or teams like this team unless they're third years or seniors. He was sorry, not sorry. (laughs) And so I laced my fingers together under my chin and I said, okay, okay. What about Mary? Did you go see Mary's patients? He was like, Mary's patients were super straightforward. I said, you're not answering my question. And he was like, you know, I talked to Mary. I went through everything with her. And this is before the electronic medical records. So you couldn't even like pull stuff up in that same way. You can look at completely super duper throwback labs, but nothing else. So I said, okay, you did not physically go see Elisa's patients or Mary's patients. And he was like, I mean, and then I just took a step back and he was like, well, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to close the door and I want you to lock it. And I don't want you to say anything else to me for the whole night. That is what I want you to do. Because all I could think was when you're over 18 and you hit somebody, that's called assault and you catch a case. And I was like, so tired that I'm like, I'm about to catch a case (laughs) up in here in this hospital. So I was like, let me get away from him. Let me go see about these patients. I go to the floor and it was all kinds of questions that that intern had. She was like, oh, what about this? So we ended up rounding. And in the middle of that, I call Mary, the other intern. Let me go check on Mary. I walk over there and you know what she looked like? She looked like a person like on that um, Alone and Afraid TV show when yeah. the helicopter comes yeah. and they're so happy to be rescued. <laughs> naked and afraid. I, thank you. I tried to leave naked out, but you know what? Bump it. <laughs> Alone, naked and afraid. She looked like that. Like I was there to rescue her. And like she was <laughs> waving her hands at the helicopter. Hmm. And she was not like Elise. She mm-hmm. was very, very competent, but she was terrified. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I ended up rounding on all her patients too. And then the worst part about all this is that the next morning when we came to morning report, that dude showed up at morning report. He had had a shower. He had put on some fresh scrubs. He splashed some old spice on him. He kind of smelled <laughs> good. He had shaved. He had his hair like a little smooth comb over, mm. you know, and he just came sauntering in, swirling his coffee. Hey guys, what's up? Talking to everybody. And then when the interns are presenting, he chiming all all in like he had a whole bunch to say. I was so mad that I couldn't even do anything because anything that I was going to do, I was going to choose violence. And I'm like, this is this I have I have a future ahead of me. I just can't do that. So that was it. Wow. I told the chief residents. okay, who were his friends and who had racial concordance with him, which was not aligned with mine. And to chief's defense, they were like, he is shady and we are not at all surprised. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there was probably some repercussions that maybe I didn't know anything about. Yeah. But as far as the affirmation that I was looking for or whatever, the justice that I was looking for, I never got it. And I looked this dude up on Doximity about a year ago. He living his best life. I see him probably still doing something shady. And the reason why I call this choices is because. Yeah. You know, the older version of me now goes to empathy, right? I think, oh, wow, this was role failure. Maybe he was depressed. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was something going on. Maybe he was flying on one wing and he just like completely shut down. And we say that when bad things happen sometimes, you know, it's been a lot of bad things happening in the world right now. And that falls into the conversation quickly. But sometimes people just make a choice to do the wrong thing because they think they'll get away from, get, get away with it because of privilege because they ain't right. (laughs) 
because of poor judgment and because no consequences ever come to them that made them feel urgently like they needed to do the right thing. Right. And this is not me saying that sometimes it isn't because of role failure, but the person that walked into that post-call morning report, he was on nobody's struggle bus. (laughs) (laughs) He was not. He just made a messed up choice Mm -hmm. that could have harmed patients. Yeah. Oh, and his other sidebar kept being that. Well, you saw the patients. A senior saw the patients. It's so redundant. I was like, dude, I saw every patient. It was like, I have cognitive overload. What is wrong with you? (laughs) I'm going to stop there. But I'm just, I'm mad just saying it now. I was about to say, I was like, are you like reliving the the rage of that? I'm actually very proud of myself that he did not catch these hands because you could take the girl out of Inglewood, but you can't take the Inglewood out the girl. That's real talk. And no, (laughs) ma'am. You know, what is making me cringe just hearing this story is like, this is a character flaw. And that's what's scary. I'm sure you remember, like as a, as a chief resident for, you know, the, the hardest learners are not the ones who lack fund of knowledge, it's the people who don't know mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. they're lacking, both in terms of either knowledge or judgment. Yep. If you're getting feedback and your first reaction is defense or justification, which again, you know, certainly doesn't hurt to talk about it, but goodness, it was premeditated. Yeah. You know, because mm. when I brought this up a couple of weeks ago and I was like, backstory, I was going to focus on what could have been going on with him. Yeah. But, you know, this this dude had had rented him some movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had some blockbuster videos, three of them, all yeah. of which probably got watched. He was binging stuff before there was binging. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. But, the, you know, it brings up another point, too, that I was thinking about as you were telling this is also like. I can't think of a time where I have confronted a colleague. I don't know. Does it feel different when it's like a peer? Do you feel like, you know, you're supposed to be on the same team? It didn't. But I will say this. Um, This was a person who, for the most part, was fairly well liked. I mean, wasn't necessarily considered to be a star, but wasn't anybody that was in any particular trouble. I was held in, in decent regard at this point. I had been asked to be chief resident, but. I was still very afraid of stereotype threat, right? You know, I was thinking like, if I go off on this dude and cuss him all the way out, dress him all the way down, then it's going to fit into this narrative people have about black women snapping on people. Mm. And I am a black woman. So when I get mad, I look like a black woman who is mad. I'm sorry, but that's what it looks like. I don't know how to not do that. So what I knew I needed to do is remove myself. And it kind of sucks because I actually wish that I'd had permission to at least react a little bit more, Mm. but I didn't do anything. Even when I told the chief residents, I, I, by then I had calmed down and gotten some rest. It's like Mm. a few days when I told them, you know, I told my friends and we all were like giving him the hairy eyeball when we would see him. But like, (laughs) and the thing I know for sure is that if he had been a black man in our program and he had done that, he would have been on probation. Mm. He probably would have been put out of the program. It yeah. would, it would have, everybody in the whole program would have known about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Stat News published a paper on this recently about very disproportionate and just cringeworthy amounts of Black residents being pushed out of programs. And I think it's because it's an unforgiving environment sometimes for some people. Mm-hmm. And even for me, if I hadn't had some good friends to call up and stuff like that, or if I hadn't been at the level where I was in my residency program and hadn't been affirmed in some ways, 
I, I just, I, I hate that I couldn't be honest because if it had been switched around, he probably would have gone off on me. Yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. I know you're not going to be listening to our podcast, Jack, but you know what <laughs> yeah. you did and you was wrong for that. It makes me think a lot about this time of year in particular, especially for the new senior residents who are starting. I know we focus on internal medicine, but you know, this applies across the board. The folks who find themselves newly in a supervising role, be the resident that you needed. Yeah. And you know, it's weird because when I, when I went to go see Elise, I was angry, but it was more just all of her decisions were perfect. You know, she had done the right things. Um, She just needed, you know, somebody to kind of co-sign what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just the idea of what had happened was just, it had me so incensed. Yeah. When I walked across that hall and I walked in and I laid my eyes on Mary and she looked like a deer in headlights. And I, and I just remember so well those times in residency. Um, in particular, I remember I, I was met Pete, so I did the NICU. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the stairwell, holding my knees, praying, like truly praying that I did not hurt anybody mm. because the supervision just was not, was not where it is now. I just felt like I needed somebody else there with me, somebody who knew more and who had experienced more because my caring was not enough. It was Mm. just too much that I needed to know. There was like technical things I need to know how to do. And um, every time something would happen and it was okay, I was so relieved. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know what? I don't want nobody I love to be under the care of a person who feels as relieved as I feel in the morning post-call. Cause it wasn't just because, you know, it wasn't just because, you know, I went through the night. Mm -hmm. It was because I did not want to hurt anybody. And you know what? Her decisions were actually fine too. Yeah. But you could tell they were put in very timidly and shakily. I'm mad at you, Jack. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully our, our listeners will remember to, you know, don't be a Jack. Don't be a Jack. Yeah. Don't be a Jack. Don't do that. That's I the takeaway. And you know what? There is this dude named Jack Penner that I really like a lot. So, but he, so he's sweet, but, <laughs> but don't be none of the other Jacks. Exactly. Don't be that Jack. There we go. Yeah. Don't be that Jack. Don't be that Jack. All right. Well, I feel like I just had a firm therapy session to get that off my chest. Cause I have not really been able to tell that story <laughs> with all of the venom I felt in my soul. Well, I'm glad that we could share this. I really like that story. Do the right thing, Mm y'all. You know, patients are people and, Mm -hmm. you know, supervised instruction, no matter who you are, if you are not yet board certified and you are still in training, you need supervised instruction. Yep. Period. End of story. And sometimes that supervised instruction is just collaborative, but these are people's loved ones and they deserve to have somebody who has more experience to weigh in. Amen. So in the nineties, it was blockbuster. In the 2020s, it is Netflix. So mm-hmm. don't do either if you're supposed to be seeing patients. How about that? <laughs> I bet you there's still VCRs in our call rooms. I just haven't seen them in a minute. I'll bet you there is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sis. Have a good I week. Thank I you. Love you. Love you more. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. 
Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our Med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.